Welcome to the You Are Love podcast, hosted by Arna. Welcome to our listeners. I am with Dr. Lawrence Lehman, a licensed psychologist in the state of California, and his lovely dog named Josh, who has said that he will be quiet during this interview. He is always by Dr. Lehman's side, a wonderful dog here. Today's topic, I think, is incredibly important in the world that we live in, and it's the topic on reactivity and how can we live a life where we're not living from that reactive level. And that's why I thought it would be good to have Dr. Lehman talk about why and how our brain works. Why are we reactive when we respond in certain situations? So Dr. Lehman, when I say reactive, reactivity, what comes to mind for you? Well, today, what comes to mind, we have a dog here, okay, mm-hmm. and we were going to place the dog in another room so he wouldn't bark. And of course, we want to have a professional uh, recording here. And he was barking. And the reason he's barking, he's responding to what he's feeling here, wants to know what's going on. We're not very different from that. And it's based upon what's in their experience in their head, basically. And sometimes in their heart, but mostly their head. Because the head is the operational facility that says, okay, what are we going to do now? All right. And where all of us go until we get to a place where we can go to a different place is to our experience. It's recorded in our brain, our subconscious, all these things. Uh, We have a lot of that in our society now. We have uh, people who differ in regard to baseball, for instance. And so we have a team approach to things, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a Dodger fan, that's how you respond. If you're a Yankee fan, that's how you respond. So we're really talking about response. What I'd like to do is move this conversation over to reactivity in our relationships with others. And what I have seen is reactivity can be in many forms. It can lead to a lot of damage in relationships, in our personal relationships. So tell me. Right. So I, I think that what I'd like to share with our listeners today is how they can be less reactive in their relationships, what kind of tips and techniques we can offer them, uh, because I really do see that reactivity can be incredibly detrimental. Um, I'm just going to say in my own practice, I have seen reactivity the cause of soul loss, And soul loss really has to do with when a reactive situation happens, a person goes out of their body. And then, you know, we get into things like PTSD. So I think reactivity, you're shaking your head. No, I want you to tell me more about that. But 
from what I've seen with the people that I'm working with right now, um, reactivity has caused a lot of soul loss and trauma for people. Now, tell me, okay, so tell me why you are shaking your head. Well, anybody who has ever worked with a couple, okay, sees the problem immediately. And it's based on what I was saying before. People have different maps in their brains of how to respond to things, okay? And there's a certain amount of loyalty one has to those those items. For instance, uh, how you grew up, what your parents taught you, what society taught you, has to do with all the socialization factors that all of us run into in life. You know, family, uh, peer groups, the news, and people make decisions about that. And it's unconscious to a great extent. So if somebody says something or does something, especially in a marriage initially, the other person doesn't necessarily understand that what they understand is different from what they're used to. And uh, that's a real problem because I know I've, I, you've had this experience too, Arno, where you've had a couple in front of you and they're arguing about the stupidest things really. And this is supposed to be a quote marriage, right? I remember one incident where they were, uh, a couple was uh, having this horrible, horrible time discussing how to put glasses away in the cupboard one said, well, you got to put it with the open part of the glass up. The other person should be down. Got into fisticuffs almost because that's what their family did. So that's problematical. So it's like a landmine. And sometimes you can look at those things as what are the landmines in your life? Okay. Now, the only way out of this really is to expand your experience of world and the world away from pure reactivity, okay? Because people, like dogs, are going to protect their families, their thoughts, their sports teams, all this sort of stuff. And this is how people interact, actually, today, you know. Uh, So what they need to do, basically, is have more of an education about what I like to call, and I think you do too, the bigger picture. In other words, getting away from what's in your head and getting into an understanding of how the world works, okay? So it's not just a bang, here you go. I think it's important. I want to bring up this concept of the animal brain, okay? That we do have this fight-flight mechanism and we learn and have this animal brain and to recognize that we are set up that way, that if we see fire, we react to something that looks like fire. We are programmed. That is for our survival, correct? That's true. Yeah, that's, that's the early brain. That's the early brain, but we do live with that early brain very much in our life today. So what we're saying is where we have our natural instincts is to be reactive. We are programmed for survival. Fight, flight. We're going to fight or we're going to run. Right. Right? And when we take that kind of energy into a loving relationship, what happens? What do you see that happens? Taking that kind of reactivity into a, a, 
allegedly loving relationship. It's true we have an animal brain, okay? And that's for our protection, okay? But that, uh, and what's happened is that has now become the methodology for approaching every other social situation. You know, insults, I like my team better than your team, you know, because it has to do with fragility of people uh, depending on that mechanism, okay? And they call that feelings often, and they get scared, and then they react because they feel at risk. So you think it's fear? You think fear is the root of the reactivity? Uh, yeah, I, pretty much so. I have to say I agree that fear is, uh, that fear response gets people and blocks people from a lot. Well, we, we look, we live in a fearsome time. We have, human beings have lived in fear sometimes. It's always worries. Let's call it worries as well as fears. You're worried about this. You're worried about this. And that becomes the subject matter that comes into a marriage because people have different opinions. And they have an inability often to just simply sit down and talk to one another about the issues, okay? Now, they're prevented from doing that because there's a certain mapping that goes on in people being educated and working with others, okay? It's sort of like, there's an expression, uh, the map is not the territory. So you may have a larger territory, marriage, for instance, okay? If your map is a map of uh, a smaller area, like your parents had a horrible marriage, okay, you know, or marriage is being made fun of versus other relationships. Already there's a problem there because you're gonna to go to that lexicon in your brain and your experience every time something comes up. And to respond to something, people go directly there and what comes out of their mouth often is, has nothing to do with what's at hand. They're simply following the map, you might say, that they have. So the whole idea is to broaden the map. And in terms of a, a, a larger universe, one does that by moving towards an understanding of how the universe really works, okay? Mm -hmm. That it's all inclusive. That's where all the information and strength actually in the universe comes from. Some people call that God. Some people call that the universe. Uh, if you look at programs, for instance, uh, such as Alcoholics Anonymous, the first thing that you have to conquer or accept is that there is indeed a higher power. So everything we need in this universe, in this world, actually exists already in the universe. That's our lexicon if we want it. So let me just review. What we're talking about here is when living in a small map, there is reactivity. Yes. Because we're programmed, there's a very small uh, vision or field of, of how to have relationships, how to have marriages. But when we broaden that map to a larger map, things start getting less reactive. Well, it's, yeah, it's because true because you get, it's like you get a perspective there. You get a you, larger perspective. Okay. Right. And you don't feel attacked necessarily because 
the, uh, the smaller your map, the worse it is for people. And then the people turn on themselves. Did I make a mistake in this relationship? Oh, absolutely. That's very much gets into fear again. So these yeah. small maps, so where we are right now, the smaller the map, the more the fear, the more reactivity. So let's now turn this discussion how to get out of fear, reactivity, and a small map, some tools that we can offer people who are listening to us today that have gone through a lot of the pain of living this way. Because I also have found the smaller the map, the less joy. Absolutely. Because the joy comes from living in the bigger world. When one sees, and I just want to share this experience, when you can see the universe and you can see the truth of the universe, it is no more is it a greater feeling in the world than realizing that you're not alone, that you are all one, and that all living beings are all part of the universe. There's no separation. Here's some universal truths. And if all of a sudden you start living in the truths of the universe, you can even see your adversary as one of God's children, as part of this bigger whole, and also have an understanding how all of a sudden a very difficult relationship you can have empathy for. I'm actually going to tell a true story here about my neighbor. My neighbor, I had a terrible relationship with. There was a lot of reactivity on his part, and therefore I acted oftentimes in fear. The reason I'm bringing this up is today, of all days, this neighbor who I felt very harassed by for a long time, came to me and said, it's amazing how the universe works. And here's the bottom line. He came to me as a friend today and asked for my support. So where I was once the, quote, enemy, all of a sudden, and by the way, the way I did it was practicing love toward this neighbor even though he fought it for a while, using a big open space on my way out, on my way up here today, he came to me and said, um, and he used those words, it's amazing how the universe works. Will you support me? So there you have it. Reactivity can be transformed. Okay. And I think the mechanism is through love, which is my platform, through self-love and through empathy for the other person. Now, I'm going to turn the discussion back to you here of how to take a small map and make it bigger. What do you think, Dr. Lehman? Well, I hear what you say about love, etc. And love is a wonderful thing because it's energy. And if people can adapt to that and people can use their energetic 
uh, facilities which are in your heart, okay, that's a wonderful thing. I'm not so sure this gentleman that you're talking about is coming from love. I think he's coming from trying to dominate the situation, okay. And he knows exactly what to say to you because he knows that you think that love is the answer, okay. By the way, I love that you said that. I do think love is the answer. Yeah, and, and love is the answer, but it's that can be taken advantage of, okay? In order to come from your heart, uh, it's very different from your brain. Your brain's very reactive. Your heart is a very different thing. It has many more energetic impulses than in the brain, okay? So let me give you an example. What we're talking about for most people is survival. It's set up, as you say, with the, the hindbrain, you know, which uh, uh, is used to protect us, basically. The opposite of that is from the heart. That's creation. What do we create in the world? Because we're creative beings, okay? We have uh, chakras, which I'm not gonna go into, but we have areas of energy in our body, our spine, our hands, etc., that allow us to create things. And where do we go to the, uh, it's like a painting. You know, you go to your paints and you create something for it, with it rather. And uh, I'll give you an example. Survival, stress versus homeostasis, the ability to calm, become. Uh, contraction versus expansion, okay. Uh, dis-ease versus health, imbalance versus order, uh, fear, anger, sadness versus love, joy, and trust, narrow-focused, open-focused, separate, connected. Okay, so the whole idea really is to get to the creative uh, state of mind and body. I love what you're saying there because I call this the meta level of thinking. I actually have an imaginary line that I've created in my life. The meta level is love. Underneath that level is exactly what you're talking about, survival and fear. So I think that, for instance, one of the suggestions or tools that I would give our listeners today is when you're in a situation, make an active choice. Where do you want to live with this? Do you want it to be a meta level choice that that actually is what I did with my neighbor today using the word support versus fight? Um, or do you want to just stay in that fear-based thinking? So you're either in fear-based thinking or you're in love and expansion. Exactly. And there's a huge difference. Like I have to say that eventually, because I, you are a believer in energy too, and that's why I wanted to no, talk. No, I, I, I'm not a believer. You experience it. Yeah, and that's a big difference. Right. Okay. Belief is one thing. Uh, to me, it's always been sort of strange where somebody says, I want you to believe these 10 things, and thereby uh, you will be directed <laughs> in your life towards that. Well, it doesn't really work that way. 
I think it's experiential. That's what the universe is. It's full of experiences and the ability to have those in any situations. So when you meet somebody, you know, you may be coming from love, but you have to be very, very careful because that doesn't necessarily work. You have one person who's expansive, the other person is contracting. You have one person who's essentially incoherent. They don't really know where they are. And on the other side, you have people who are very coherent because they are experienced situations and they know what to do with that because they've thought about it. They created, they've taken their energy and used it for a more positive purpose, you might say. Right. But so we you can have still to... choose though. We can, as each individual, we can choose where do we want to live? Do we want to live on the meta level or do we want to live in fear? Well, you're, exa you're exactly right, but here's the thing. When you're talking about I and thou, if you're with another person, you may be the most compassionate person in the world, the most worldly person in the world, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit it off with this other person because they may have different intentions. That's okay. The, I don't have a problem, but where? Yeah. what I'm saying to our listeners is I think we need to decide where do we want to live in our life's experience. Well, that's very true. Do we want to, do we want to live in the bigger picture? Right, or, or do not? we want to live in the small map? Because okay. today what we've been doing is talking about maps, you know, and So the whole idea is how to change your map. What tools can you offer our listeners on how they can broaden their personal maps to live in the big picture. Okay, that's a matter of education, okay, mm -hmm. which means one can use books and things like that on particular subjects. Uh, one can practice uh, what we like to call a non-ordinary state, okay? Most of the stuff we do in life is an ordinary state reaction, all this sort of stuff, even education to a great extent. There's a need, there's a, there's a problem. We come from an ordinary state. This is what I do in your head, right? This is what I do when this confronts me, okay? So one way to change that is to develop a non-ordinary state, something that's different because it, it changes the texture and color of what you're working with, okay? For instance, you may want to relax with music, you may want to relax with art, you may want to entertain your body in terms of chakras by using your hands, okay? All of this stuff has to do with doing things that you don't usually do. I'm okay. really glad you brought that up. I recommend a daily practice for my viewers. I think it's important that it's something that you do every day of your life, which actually is exactly what you just said, which is to live in the non-ordinary state. So you can even start your day off. I know you've mentioned before to me, you give gratitude, right? Yes. In the morning, which yeah. there also are a lot of prayers which say, thank you for allowing me after this night's sleep to be back in my body. So it's that, it's the gratitude is really coming up with a non-ordinary state, special rituals in the morning to set your day. That, by the way, I'm, that is really excellent because I can tell that when I've set my day, I feel far less reactive. I'm glad you brought that up. I think 
I think that's really important. Did you want to add something? Well, yeah, it allows you to be more in command of yourself in relationship to the universe. You got up in the morning, uh, you mentioned prayer. Uh, prayer is not just going to the church or temple or whatever, okay? It has to do with a connection with a certain energy. You connect with positive energy, for instance. What a beautiful day this is. Uh, many, many uh, cultures have sun ceremonies where they go out, they greet the sun. I do that every day. Actually, I also greet <laughs> the rain. And uh, I because, love that. Okay. And it's, it's funny at times because I have a neighbor who I was raining one day and I'm out in the rain and I'm lifting my arms up and saying, it's so great, you know, that it's raining. Thank you. Yes, that's really good. And he came over, he said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I greet the weather every day because whatever it is, I'm grateful that I'm here, that I can observe right. this, that I can live with this. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, but you'll get wet. But now, you know, in, actually, in, now, I, in his I, ma in yeah. his map, right? Okay, rain is wet. In your in yours, there's gratitude. Right. By the way, I noticed that when you're talking about this, I can see that your eyes really fill up with. Uh, tears. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, you're really emotional about this. Well, uh, emotions are very, very important right. in the world. Well, you what know. does that bring up? There's something... Well, it's positive. That, right. You know, the reason I'm bringing this up is our viewers can only hear us right now, but I think you brought such a beautiful point about the sun and the rain, which really is so many people live with glass half full versus half empty, I would say to see the rain as a gift, to see everything as a gift, to trust that everything is a gift in life is another way to have the bigger map. Yes, I Don't agree with think? that. I agree. Well, to me, that's, I, that's what I I'm often, really getting from what your story right now. I often mention mention to patients. Look, here's here's the deal. <laughs> okay. There's everything in the universe that can help us in a biopsychosocial way, okay? There's methodologies, there's uh, weather, there's uh, music, there's uh, looking in people's eyes, there's all that sort of stuff, it's all there. And, and you have to go after it. You can't just, if you're going to sit and just be reactive to things based upon, uh, Small map. Small map. Past I was, experience. I was thinking the other day, uh, a guy named Thorstein Veblen, sociologist, many years ago, wrote a, a book called Conspicuous Consumption. And it was about, this is many years ago, probably the, uh, the beginning of the 1900s, and he said that uh, wealthy people often engage in conspicuous consumption. You know, big cars, big houses, things like that. Because that's what they believe to be uh, what their role is. That's their map, okay? And, of course, we know where all of that has gone recently, because you know, everybody wants to, to do that in order to be accepted, let's put it that way, or that's a goal. And uh, so there's a lot of sociological things that we have to get over, you might say, and go back to nature. Okay. I, when you go nature, back, when you go yes. back to nature, you're going into deep living. 
you're being thankful for things. You're watching animals. Yeah, nature has so much Very to healing. teach us. Yeah. It's also the teacher. And it brings Nature's us the teacher. And you know what? If we align ourselves with what nature shows us, seasons, you know, morning, evenings, and start aligning our bodies because we are that, we feel a lot better too. Well, we do, and it's a non-ordinary state. One of right. my non-ordinary states, because I love dogs, okay? You know, people don't respect dogs many times. They love them, they're cuddly and things like that. But I love watching my dogs. I used to have three dogs who ran around my backyard. And I would sit inside the house in a chair and I would watch them, simply watch them. Very joyful, because it turns out that they actually have a life, you know. They sniff things, they play with each other, they play alone. Uh, you can see them thinking and doing things. So all of a sudden you realize, wow, you know, there's intelligence in everything in the universe. There really is. By the way, that is a fantastic place that we should conclude our discussion today. And I look forward to speak to you again. Um, I know you're saying there's one, one more, more thing you want to add. What is that? And that is trees. Okay. People look at trees. Eh, they're trees. Okay. But trees, if you study them, communicate with each other. They help each other. They send help through their root systems to other sick trees. Mm, that's beautiful. You know? That's beautiful. So that, every, everything, everything is every tied together. Every, every creation. Every creation cares. Okay. That's the way that's it is. That's beautiful. And if you uh, can bend yourself a little away from the news and all this other stuff, <laughs> I was going to say crap, you're much better off. I love the idea, nature heals. And I think the main message today to help get us to the big map is we are all one. Let me say one more thing, though. Nature doesn't heal. We heal ourselves with nature. If you're going to wait for nature to heal you, well, we have there's, when I say it has to be a connection. That's what I mentioned. Not ordinary. Well, what, not what you usually what do. I'm saying is being yeah. in the energy of nature. Mm -hmm. Amazing healing happens. There are so many levels for us to walk in, be in nature because it's vibrational. The light is vibrational. The sound of nature is vibrational. The earth energy is vibrational. All of these we can actually be in nature and experience great healing. One, one has to move towards nature. That's the that, thing. There, we both, we're both in agreement yeah, okay. to that, for sure. So. Dr. Lehman, thank you again for joining us today, and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening to the You Are Love podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. You can also follow Arna on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To contact Arna, please visit askarna.com.